You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. Time for our Family Matters feature now. And today we are discussing parental power plays. We're talking about that transition when your children are becoming adults, right? They make their own decisions and you're no longer in control like you used to when they were young. Remember, you used to make decisions about what they eat, what time they eat, what time they go to bed. There are parents who struggle with letting go, who still want to control their adult children. And when those children resist that, then they see it as a rejection or as betrayal. And the reality is children in their teens, they start forming their own identity away from the family. And instead of embracing that independence, and enjoying a new phase of parenthood, some parents just hold on to that position of control, right? And these are the things you need to change about your parenting style when children get older. There are many things you need to change, right? You must make room for the fact that they may have significant others in their lives. You must respect their differences. So I want us to have a discussion about what you can do as a parent whose children are going through that transition. What can you do? How do you change your parenting style so you let go of that position of control and you understand that this is entering a completely different level of parenthood? What can you do? And what are the consequences of not making the necessary changes in your style of parenting? I want to hear what your experiences are as well. Give me a call on 011-830-702. If you are a parent, what changes did you see in your children from being the little ones you used to be in charge of. You were in charge of their lives to them now being independent. And how difficult was it for you to let go and allow them to make their mistakes, allow them to make their own decisions? You can send us your WhatsApp voice notes as well on 072-702-1702. Jeannie Cave is a clinical psychologist who's going to guide us through this discussion. Jeannie, thank you so much for coming back. I remember uh, in the previous conversations we've heard, this theme kept on recurring and and i thought we should bring you back so that we can have a conversation about these change in dynamics when it comes to your parenting style so thanks for making yourself available again well thank you for inviting me back i always have so much fun being here with all of you let's start up let's start with the change in in dynamics Ginny. do you get a sense that parents prepare themselves for the change that's going to occur or that is supposed to occur in how they parent their children? Or do many of them just go in and say, we're going to figure this out, they're children and then they're not children, but we'll see how it goes. And how important is it that parents start preparing themselves for those different styles of parenting? Because the children are not static. They don't remain children for the rest of their lives. They grow older, they make their own decisions, they make their own mistakes, they disagree with us. And that doesn't make them rebellious children, it just makes them their own persons. Absolutely, well, first of all, nothing prepares you for parenthood. Um, it's like trying to imagine a brand new color. Um, nothing can actually prepare you. You can read as many books as you like, you can hear people's experiences, And new moms always say, why did nobody tell me it was this hard? People did tell you, but you just couldn't conceptualize it because it's a brand new experience that you are having 
with your individual child and all children are individuals. So nothing can really prepare you for parenthood. I remember growing up thinking my parents were like professional parents, like this is, they knew exactly what they were doing. But actually, they were just discovering it. Um, as I was discovering growing up, they were also discovering being parents. So that's why it's important for us to have conversations like this for people to become aware of relational dynamics. What is happening underneath the surface, um, behind what people say and do? What are the relational dynamics that result in tension, conflicts, and unhappiness between people? And not only between parents and their adult children, but between all people. So no, nothing can prepare you. But while you're in that process, having a conversation like this can really help shed some light and help you to become aware of these relational dynamics that are going on and how important it is to skillfully navigate it. It's also very difficult because all children are individuals and have different needs for independence at different ages. So it's impossible to say at six years and one month, your child will have this need for independence and at this age and this month that your child will have this need. All children are different and all parents are different. But I think that parents aren't aware of the changing relational dynamic and just feel um, they feel disconnected yeah. from their children, they feel marginalized, they feel no longer needed, they feel unimportant. And children, on the other hand, feel um, judged, they feel criticized, they feel manipulated, they feel controlled. And both parties are just on different ends of dealing with this very difficult transition period um, from complete and utter dependence to independence and then hopefully interdependence of having a meaningful working relationship with your parents as an adult. And I'm not a parent yet, uh, Jeannie, but I can only imagine how difficult it must be to to be a parent that now has to somehow loosen the grip. In other words, you've always been, been conf- comforted by the idea that I'm in charge of my child's life. I am protecting them. I'm helping them take these decisions because these are the right decisions. When the children get to a stage where they make their own decisions and it may be the right or the wrong decisions, when they get to a stage where there are these outside individuals who are significant others in their lives, whether it's friends, whether it's partners, I mean, at some point as a parent, you're going to feel, my goodness, how cautious is my child going to be and the fact that i'm no longer able to regulate the decisions and the and the relationships that my child forms with other people and advise on whether that is wrong or right the fact that you are removed from that process that can really be concerning for a lot of parents hugely anxiety provoking there's there's two dimensions there came in there's the first dimension of wanting our children to be like us or be like our ideal version of us um, so we have it biologically programmed in us that we want to carry on <clears throat> with our DNA. So people prefer children that look like them, that think like them, and that carry on what is called a vertical culture, the culture that's been passed down from generation to generation. And it's very difficult for parents when their children adopt a horizontal culture, the culture from friends and society at large. Like, for example, if um, your child is gay, and you obviously heterosexual, coming from a heterosexual tradition, now your child adopts this horizontal culture or listens to different music or doesn't want to go to church or doesn't want to become a chartered accountant, doesn't want to carry on with the traditions of how we've always done things. That's very painful. But the other dimension that you mentioned there is this concept of what I think parents have, which is the concept of the pain-free life, that parents have this illusion that there is somehow, 
formula or a recipe for a pain-free life. And if their children make all the right decisions and none of the wrong ones, they themselves can have this pain-free life. And actually, this pain-free life is an illusion. There is no such thing as a pain-free life. Life comes with pain automatically. And so parents work very hard on protecting their children from something that is inevitable, which is pain. And pain is not necessarily a problem because we learn a lot from pain. And um, pain is a very important part of being alive and a very important part of learning. Um, and in fact, I asked somebody just the other day, um, if you could go back to a younger version of yourself and give yourself some advice, <clears throat> what advice would you give yourself? And they said, no, nothing at all. Because all the things that they've experienced, the painful, the uncomfortable, the good, the bad, everything in between, has offered them experiential learning, which has gotten them to where they are today and what they've learned today. And I think it's very difficult for parents to really grasp that in this biological imperative, this drive to protect your children, you think that by making the decisions for them, you can keep them safe and guarantee them this pain-free life. Mm. But in doing that, you actually exclude them from learning, which signs them up for pain, but just a different kind of pain. Sure. So other parents who then have, 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 have concerns and they've got those anxieties about letting go, then end up wanting to retain that position of control over their their, their children's life. What are the consequences of that? Because I've seen instances where the child starts moving away from the family because they feel you are not acknowledging that I'm an adult who can make my own decisions. You want to control me and who I fall in love with or who I'm friends with. So that, that ends up really messing up with the relationship between child and the parents. So talk to us about the consequences of not getting to a point where as a parent you appreciate that the dynamics of parenting are changing and you also need to make the necessary changes in your style. Um, and, and if you fail to do that, these are the consequences then that follow as a result. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a major consequence. But the other the alternative to that is that the child doesn't, the adult child doesn't necessarily create distance with the parent, but rather creates distance with themselves um, and stops living in an authentic way, true to themselves or their own true needs, which is like a, a death in and of itself. The whole purpose of us being here is to self-actualize, to experience ourselves in the most me version of me that I can be. Um, and for some children, they will move away from the family system or there'll be tension and fighting and conflict and up and down and fluctuations of distance and closeness if there's not complete distance. But for others, and I think it's equally sad, there is a silent pain um, of the child that complies, the adult child that complies, that still works tirelessly to um, retain the approval of the parent and negates and denies all of their own true needs and what would mm. make them happy, their bliss. Um, and then they actually become quite distant from their true selves and it's quite, quite depressing. So those are the, the alternatives is that, you know, as a parent, what you stand to lose is you either, you lose your child in one of two ways. You either lose contact with them, lose a closeness in the relationship or lose a sense of vulnerability in the relationship, true closeness, or you lose the truest version of themselves that they could have been if they had experienced more um, support and more acceptance. And I always say that support is the opposite of protection and protection is the opposite of support. If you think about protecting something, you stand in front of it, but when you support it, you stand behind it. So when you're protecting your child as a parent, you can then not be supporting them. And that also 
Um, approval is the opposite of acceptance. Approval comes with judgment, um, positive judgment, but judgment nonetheless, whereas acceptance means that I don't necessarily think that this is the, the wisest thing to do and I think that this is not maybe the safest thing to do or it's not what I would like you to do, but you, I accept you beyond your behavior, beyond the good and bad of your behavior, and I accept you as a whole. Um, and I saw a very interesting um, uh, TED talk the other day talking about how, you know, for the older millennials, um, how all of our parents were um, behaviorists, people sort of older millennials and a little bit up. Our parents were behaviorists, focusing only on the behavior mm. and not so much on the person as a whole. Um, and, and that can be quite sad for the person to lose themselves as a whole. Yeah. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get to some calls. It's 23 minutes after 11 o'clock. If you are a parent, you want to share what your experience has been when your children were now moving from young kids to being teens and adults. How did you deal with that? Did you have to change in your parenting style? And if you are one of those parents that decided to still hold on to that position of control, how has that affected your relationship with your child? And if you are a child that's that has parents that are always in control, that want to have a say, even when you're an adult can, and can make your own decision. I would like to hear from you as well. Give me a call, send a voice note or an SMS on 31702. 702. Family Matters. Right, it's 25 minutes after 11 o'clock on our Family Matters feature today. We're discussing parental power plays. We're talking about that transition when your children are becoming adults. They make their own decisions and you're no longer in control like you used to when they were young. How do you let go, right, and allow them to make their own mistakes, allow them to make their own decisions? Or are you that parent that is still obsessed with just controlling their children, even when they're in their teens, even when they are adults? And when they resist, do you see that as rejection or as betrayal? I want to hear from you as parents want to hear from you as children as well if this is something that you've experienced let's start in Rodeport. Noma Temba good morning morning Clement how are you I'm all right how are you doing I'm good thank you you know I don't think it, 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 it's the fact that you don't want to let go mm. you know with kids as a single parent all you know are your kids they grow up and one becomes independent. It's a culture shock to say, you, mm. I can't tell him what to do now. He has a wife and stuff. In the beginning, it becomes very, very, very difficult for you to let go. Mm. I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. And then the second one goes and they are independent. Again, it's a culture shock. You say, no, oh, now I'm alone. And you get used to the fact that, oh, okay, we are adults. And I can never, I can never um, uh, uh, make you understand how fulfilling it is to see your grown-up kids mm. living their own life and doing very well for themselves. It mm. is so fulfilling. My problem is one. They have their own life. They do what they want to do with their own life. But they don't think you have a life. Mm-hmm. They just feel like, okay, next week, I need a name. 
and, and they come they drop off the kids. Yeah, they don't. They won't even ask you. Yeah. They, they, will just, they will just call you in the morning, mom. Oh, oh, at home. Yeah. We, say, yes, next thing you see a car home. pulling aside for the weekend, and you don't even have to ask. You don't yeah. even have to say no. I have to go to church. Mm. I have to go there, and then you keep quiet and say, "Ish." Mm. <laughs> then you say, oh, this and this and this about me. Yeah, yeah. And then when you get sick, nobody comes to say, "Are you well today? Mm. Are you fine?" And when they get the kids, it's no, not nothing like, "Okay, thank you, mom." They they just mm. say that it's gone. Mm. Do you so think, Nomatemba? Do you think that some sometimes makes you feel lonely because they are so carried away with their own lives that? Even when you are sick or when you miss them or on, on a specific anniversary, they've forgotten that this is, for instance, what used to be tradition. So they're not calling as often as they used to because they've got their own kids or they've got their own lives. Does it sometimes make you feel lonely? Oh, so I must understand that, that they have their own lives. Mm. So when they need me, I must also understand that, okay, mm. they don't need, nothing is going on in their lives now. They need me. Yeah. So I must understand. I must understand. So, 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 so they don't. They, they don't think about me. Mm. You know, I must just understand because they are busy with their own lives. They don't have time to call. Da 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 da. Mm. What about me? I'm old. I'm getting sick. Mm. I need their attention too. I don't demand it, and I don't expect them to be calling me every day. They have their own lives. Mm. They can't come to me. When they need something, I can't yeah. only get a call to say, "Hey, Mama, I'm trying the five hundred tonight." No. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've got you, Mum um, Nomatema. You're making some great contributions. Thank you so much for for calling us. Um, I really hear where you're coming from. Like, don't just come when you need help, when you want to drop off the kids. Oh, and it happens a lot, eh? Hmm. You going somewhere? Ah, oh, just call Mama. Hey, I'm bringing the kids. Hey, are you home? Next thing, a, a car <laughs> pulls over. There are the kids. Their bags have been packed. So interesting listening to to that uh, from Noma Tamba. Um, I'll I'll get Jeannie to respond to that after the latest in eyewitness news headlines. Makosonke Mansani, I see your calls. I'll get to them shortly. I'll play your voice notes as well that are coming through. It's eleven thirty. Seven o two. Family matters. Okay, Jeannie, please, if, if you want to respond to Noma Temba's call, before I take some more calls, Noma Temba was calling about how fulfilling it is to see your children become independent and, and, and live their own lives. But her concern was that the children often sometimes forget about you and, and don't respect your agency as a parent. Sometimes they just drop off the kids for the weekend. Sometimes they don't call you when you are sick. And and she and I was asking if she feels lonely. She didn't really respond to that, uh, but you get a sense that she's not happy that when the kids become independent, they sometimes forget that I still have parents back at home that I still need to constantly check and make sure they're okay. Yeah, I think this is very much related to what we spoke about in the last show around family obligations. Um, and um, what Noma Timba is um, bringing up there is what Esther Perel um, refers to. She's a fabulous Belgian couples therapist, and she also talks a lot about other dyad relationships, like in the workplace and between parents and their children. Um, and her work is very valuable. And she talks about a developmental arc that happens between parents and their children, that when the child is born, the child is vulnerable and dependent. 
And as the child becomes stronger and um, grows up and becomes more independent, the parent themselves becomes more vulnerable and more dependent. And so there's a shift in dynamic of care and vulnerability and control. And this developmental arc is sort of a meeting point somewhere in the middle where both are equally strong and sort of equally vying for that that position and equally wanting um, a, a balance of dependence and independence. Um, and then slowly the child becomes stronger, moves on with their life, physically stronger, has a new life, new relationships, and the parents' world gets smaller and smaller, and they become more physically vulnerable, socially vulnerable. Um, we know that in our culture become quite um, marginalized. Um, older adults are treated as if they're not active or relevant members of society anymore. So there's a need then from the parent um, of the child. But the dynamic has been established for many years that the child is the one that needs from the parent. And without a language and an awareness to renegotiate these needs and these changing needs and these changing capacities, people can feel hurt, people can feel tension, people can feel mm. guilt and feel resentment. So she talks beautifully there about the developmental arc, how in the beginning it was hard for her to let go. And then now, later, now that she's gotten the satisfaction, which is actually the ultimate goal of parenting, is to raise independent adults. Mm. The whole goal of investing in this relationship is that the relationship must end in the way that it was, that your child must eventually leave you. Thanks for the memories. You know, a little chicken hatching out of the egg, you know, taking all the resources from inside the egg, hatching out of the egg, and then carrying on with their lives. And there's a satisfaction in that, but there's also a vulnerability in that of her feeling um, uh, marginalized, at risk, vulnerable, and then also sometimes feeling exploited, and how the negotiation of changing needs um, doesn't happen explicitly. Mm. And so relational dynamics can really compound because they happen again and again and again. And every time a pattern repeats, its impact compounds. It's like Chinese water torture, you know, where they drop one drop of water on a person's forehead. The first, you know, first hundred drops don't feel like anything. They just feel like water. But after hours and hours, each one of those drops feels like a sledgehammer. So every time these relational dynamics repeat in family systems, their impact gets more and more. Mm. Um, so dependent child used to parent fulfilling my needs is now independent adult and my parent has a need. And that doesn't often get effectively um, negotiated with effective communication skills. Yeah. Let's go to some more calls now. 011-883-0702. Mansani, you're calling from Pretoria. You're a parent of a 17-year-old boy. How is that going? Hi, Clement. How is it? I'm okay. How are you? Good, good. You're feeling to have a from Pretoria. Uh, Clement, if I was to tell you that it's hard, trust me, it will be an understatement, hey? Nothing prepares you, honestly speaking, nothing prepares you when you are a parent. And each and every year you learn your child differently, but then teen wood is something else. Mm. I saw myself falling into depression with uh, raising a teenager because suddenly it's like one day you wake up in the morning and you're suddenly living with this person that you do not know. Mm. You ask yourself, where is your child? And... As a parent, you still want to treat your baby the way it has always been from the past and mm. all that. Suddenly, they are this teenager who thinks they can think of their own, they can mm. make their own decision, and you find yourself like everything that I, I found myself in a position of, it's like everything I'm doing is wrong. You're being accused of being manipulative, 
you've been accused of yeah, being controlling, wanting hmm. to control everything. It was tough. Yeah. But did you sit down, Mobile, did you did you sit down and think, How am I going to change my parenting style? Has it changed or have you continued to treat your your teenage boy as as though he's still he's still a, a young lad? You know what? Um, I guess I am trying. I can't say I've changed because now mm. it's also me. I have to change myself, and it's, it's not an overnight. It's work in progress. Mm. You know, it's work in progress in accepting that. Okay, maybe, but yeah, I can't just let. Yeah. I can't just be a different parent overnight or all together. Yeah, it's going to take some time. Um, I've got you, Mobile. Thanks for calling with your experience and good luck. Yeah, raising teenagers is tough. It is tough. Makosonke, you are calling from Jabulani. Good morning. Good morning. How are you and your guest, Clement? I'm all right. We, we're good. How are you doing? Good, man. Um, look, for me, um, I know for a fact that I don't have the power to um, to control my, ch- my, my, my son. I've, I've, I've got a son. And um, one of the things that I have done with him is that at the early age, when he, um, there was a report that came through and he did something wrong, and I sat him down for the first time and I said, listen, uh, apparently he was in a fight with another child. And, and I asked him, um, was it a good thing to do that? You know, uh, basically, I've implemented a negotiation um, a type of parenting uh, from the onset, you know, so... Um, um, and, and, and he knows that um, he needs to be responsible in his choices and the consequences of what he does, do you understand? Because I even asked him, if that child beat you up, because he's the one, he's the one that beat the other child up. Mm-hmm. I said, that child, if he did beat you up, would you like that? You know, and he was very young, you know, at that particular time. So, yeah. so basically, um, the relationship that we are having, it's a relationship where um, I negotiate with him. I respected him that he has got a mind of his own, and 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 that works very well because now um, they normally say that he he respects me mm. more than anybody else. But yeah. it's because I started by respecting him, you know, from mm-hmm. the onset, you know, that I didn't treat him like a child and and yeah. try to control him and whatsoever. I wanted him to know how to make the right choices because. The, the lesson that I did with him, it stayed with him. I never had problems whereby that he was fighting with somebody or mm. all those kind of things. I would, I didn't find those reports because he, that was instilled in him from the early childhood. So because I didn't have to let go of anything. Mm. Yeah, no, I've got you. I've got you. Makasonke and Jabulani, thanks for your contribution, man. Uh, KG, you calling from Constatia Club. Good morning. Yeah, how are you? Sharp, sharp. How's it? I know I'm going to be Yeah, you know, I've realized that, you know what, it, it, in fact, I'm, I'm beginning to see my daughter is also now going to varsity this year. And I realize now she's becoming an adult, more independent, is that, you know, if I want her to remain closer to me, in fact, I must just let go. And I can see, I mean, I'm a very controlling parent, you know, and I do that obviously out of the need to protect, you know. But I, I realize now that mm. the more I want to be controlling, the more I'm going to push her away. I can see that, you know, in the conversations, I'm seeing, you know, what, you are pushing this person away. And yeah. Uh, yeah, as difficult as it is, just accept that uh, 
You know, and, 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 and I'm saying the other thing, you know, if your married child has never given me a reason, she's never really given me a reason, you know, to want to exercise this much control. I suppose I'm doing this mm. out of paranoia, the things that yes. you're seeing, they're controlling. Mm. But but I think I must I must just let go. Mm. And and yeah, as one of the persons was saying earlier, you know, they must ex- uh, experience some of the things themselves, you know, there's certain learnings. And and pain goes with all of that, you know. Certain things we cannot avoid, but I think if if I really want her to remain closer to me, and mm. I want to remain closer to her, I must just let go. Yeah, and it's gonna be a journey, KG. It's not gonna happen just overnight. Uh, but it's good to know that you're realizing what needs to be done. Let's take June as well before I go back to Jeannie. June, you're calling from False Loras. Good morning. Yes. Uh, good morning, Clement. Uh, you say if children don't want. Uh, so something that parents are controlling. What if now is the children who want to control you? They don't want to go out at the age of over fifty. What do you mean they don't want to go out? They don't want to leave. They want to leave you as home as their parent. Yes, actually, in my case, my daughter was married. She came back, left her professional work. She's now here for six years not contributing a cent at home at home is that a decision that she's taken june that she doesn't want to work or is it she she doesn't want to but there are opportunities there for her but she's just chosen she doesn't want to work yes and this is a professional person Mm. And, and is she doing it because she wants she feels she wants to take care of you guys at home I don't even want them to care, care of me. Mm. I can take care of myself. I'm a retired professional also. Mm. So the little bit I get from the government is enough, but I have to feed them and do everything for them. Mm. So it's not that it's parents who are monsters who also have children who are monsters towards us. Who want to control them. Sure. It's, it's very unpleasant, I'm telling mm. you. Have you sat down, have you sat down with her, June? Many, many times we have been to the priest in the church mm. all over and all that. Sure, that's oh, that's a tricky one, June. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, thank you for calling and and good luck, Jenny. I mean, if you have a fifty-five year old that still doesn't want to leave, and their argument is, "Well, I'm here because I want to take care of you," but you're saying to them, "No, go live your own life. I don't need to be taken care of." Especially because you living here means that's extra costs for me because I must take care of you at, at your adult ages. And there, there are opportunities out there. It's not that you're unemployed because there are no jobs, but you know, you've got better chances than most people, but you're still choosing not to go out and work. That's June's story. It's quite a tricky one, isn't it? Yes, I can hear how trapped, June, I can hear how trapped you're feeling and I can hear the frustration and the building resentment for you. And I can also hear just from your, your exchange with, with Clement June that, you know, um, the helplessness and the trapped feeling and that it doesn't really matter why she, people do what they do. What matters is the impact that is having on you where you feel incredibly frustrated and incredibly even exploited. And you even use the word monster and you feel completely trapped in the situation. And here we hear that, um, that, that paradox earlier around being as feeling like a successful parent is to have it raised an independent adult. And, you know, I always say parents want to get involved in their children's weddings because it feels like their graduation, right? 
when your child gets married, it's kind of like our cultural um, symbol of, okay, you're now an independent person. And parents get very excited about their children's weddings because they feel like it's their graduation. Um, and definitely difficult when your child then returns um, after getting divorced and then is exploiting and um, making making use of the system in a very dependent way. And we can hear there definitely June's frustration. I want to just touch on um, some of the other callers as well. Um, barring Nomatemba and June, who were talking about that developmental arc of being exploited by their, their adult children and the changing dynamics of need, that the parent still provides the need and the child is still actually the beneficiary of the need without having to put anything back into the relationship, which is maybe something we can chat about in another show. But looking at coming back to um, parents finding it difficult to let go of control over their children, it's interesting that our other three callers were all parents of adolescents, um, um, Mobile, um, Makusanke and Keiji, all parents of adolescents. And it is really the most difficult time in parenting. Nature makes them so cute when they're little so that you mm. love them enough to not murder them in adolescence. Adolescents are incredibly, incredibly difficult because there's a number of reasons for that. Because the first one is that they need to differentiate from you or else we could land up in a situation like June is experiencing of having adult children living at home and exploiting the, the limited resources of the home environment. So we want them to be independent, but the problem is that adolescents have got very poor judgment because their frontal lobes are not yet developed. So their frontal lobes only develop our frontal lobes as human beings, which is where, from where we make all of our higher order decisions, our impulse control, our social judgments, our empathy, our reasoning, all of that lives in the front part of our brain. Even our personality, as Nurelia was saying, she feels like she's woken up to another person because his frontal lobe is now actually pruning back resources to that region in order to prepare for the final push of maturation that happens between 19 and 21. So adolescents actually have worse reasoning, worse empathy, worse impulse control than children because of this neurobiological process. Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult seeing this person that looks like they've got an adult body, but you can see that they don't have good judgments and they don't have good reasoning. And in this time, they are backing away from everything that you've established with them. They are everything you say and think is wrong. How you dress is embarrassing for them. And how you breathe is embarrassing for them. And that's a natural <laughs> biological process yeah. that they're supposed to go through if they are going to fly, if they're going to launch properly. Sure. Yeah, no. pretty much what happening but now you've got this person with like this ak-47 <laughs> who actually doesn't know how to use it properly going off and making all these decisions in their lives and it's extremely anxiety provoking for parents so i just want to say Mobile, i hear you and it is a work in progress and there's nothing can prepare you for these changing dynamics and you know my little boy is is nearly six and i just soak up this time where mommy is the greatest and mommy is the beetle and indoor <laughs> yeah. and runs to mommy at school and jumps into my arms. And says, everybody, this is my mommy because I know it's just it's just the summertime of, yeah. of, of our life. It's and not... as soon he's going to be embarrassed by, you know, just the way I look and the way I talk mm. and I mustn't stop him far from the school and that's normal. So it is a work in progress. And I just want to say I love hearing about all these conscious parents, Mobile, Makusonke and KG, that phoned in in these very conscious parents, so aware of their parenting and so aware of the dynamics with their children and looking at the paradox of the more you let go, the more access you have. And I always say you can have control 
or you can have closeness, but you can't have them both at the same time. And how difficult it is in that very difficult, delicate developmental phase of adolescence to let go of control, to trust that it's not necessarily that they'll make mistakes, but they'll make decisions that wouldn't be the decisions you would like for them. And in that, they will trusting that they will hopefully learn because you've invested in all of their formative years that they will come out of the other side of adolescence as somebody that you would like to have a relationship with. Yeah. And I mean, also letting go doesn't necessarily mean you are completely removed from your child. It just means no. you can still cancel them, but know the boundaries, know that it's cancel and it's not necessarily an instruction. There are more voice notes coming through. Let's uh, take a listen to these two. Hi, Clement. So I'd like to know how do you sit down with the parent, with the controlling parent who you are providing support for, but they just, I mean, even given that you're the sort of the breadwinner at home, you're still treated as a child and you're still expected to be a child. So how do I, how do I have a conversation with somebody like that? Uh, thank you for that question. Let's listen to another voice note. Clement, um, it's really tough to raise teenagers. I've got a soon to be 20 year old that's doing um, second year and a 16 year old that's doing grade 10. I'm telling you, it's, it's hard for me to let go. There, there are times where I just wish, if, if I could, I could rewind the time. And it is indeed true that when you're a parent of um, teenagers or young adults, <laughs> you are just not cool. Everything that you do is wrong. Your, your taste in clothing, just everything. I've learned to accept that as hard as it is, I've, 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 I've learned to live with it. As a result, whenever now we, do, we are about to engage in any project that has to do with the house or changing the diet or whatever, we have to sit down and discuss. Sure. Yeah, no, that that's so hectic. Um, uh, Jenny, uh, if you can please respond to to that first um, question around how yes. you sit down with a parent that is controlling. The the honest answer is is that you can't. Um, so a controlling parent, you can't sit down and you can't from the position of the one down. Um, in that that definition of relationship change, but what you can do. And what you need to do, which is the most difficult thing for all human beings to do, is to learn to tolerate the disapproval and disappointment of other people long enough to do what brings you bliss and what is actually the healthiest for you. So by changing your share, you will not be able to change their share if they are controlling. The person in the one down cannot change the controlling person. The only person you can mm. change is self. And this is something that I think if us as human beings could all do, we all care what other people think. We all care what other people think. You're never going to not care what other people think. But being able to take feedback, question, does this serve me? Is this actually aligned with my higher self, my best interest? And if not, does this death, can I live with the judgment and disapproval of other people? Yeah. If we can live with the judgment and disapproval of other people long enough to live out our bliss, to express our true needs, to set yeah. effective boundaries, then I think we probably wouldn't need half as many psychologists in the world that we do because people mm. would be a lot happier. Yeah, Jeannie Kave, clinical psychologist, thank you for always doing a brilliant job in guiding us through this discussion. Thanks for making time.